previously on the Dave and Steve show. And I'm like, okay, but they're not your birds. Why are you asking me about her birds? I don't, I have no clue. Like, how, how, do, how do the brakes work? Where do you find the brakes on a mower? I don't know anything about a mower other than you push the one pedal and it stops. And if that pedal doesn't work, that's the extent of my knowledge. Tracy? Yes. How many birds are dead? Well, I'll get to that in just a minute. Thank you. <laughs> I, ha I, okay, I, I've always wanted, no, I haven't always wanted. I, I thought of this like, like a few weeks ago. Um, I got these pictures of my colon. Nobody's washing machine was broken. Not, nothing, none of that crap. Uh, the weather puts on a little bikini and a short skirt or something like that. <laughs> that's and just, right. Uh, that's walks right. around the neighborhood in, in uh, high heels. And then uh, that boy, that sensitivity training didn't really work no, out. Not a, well, not a bit. Didn't take, didn't take at all. <laughs> nope. Did we bring the energy that you were asking for, Dave? <laughs> that it was okay, meow meow, to feel two different motions meow, at the same meow. time, meow meow. <laughs> the second time around, I was like, "How do I get out of here?" At the at the um, at the beginning of the week, I sent a message to both of you saying, "Let's bring the heat this week, okay?" Because we haven't done a proper show in a while now. We've had a couple of different weird throwaway, weird shows. I said, "Let's bring the heat." Your your okay. idea of bringing the heat is driveway. Tomorrow, my marriage might end. Boom. Show number 53 of the Dave and Steve show. I am Dave sitting right alongside me. A mirror 27 miles away is Steve. Hi everybody. And from parts unknown, the lovely and buxom Tracy. Hasn't the weather been great this week? I, I suggest the theme music was playing. I took a sip of my beverage that I have here. It's not it's not alcoholic. Don't worry. This is just an energy drink, like an all natural thing that I'm drinking. But it put the phlegm in my throat. So then I had the verse like this when I got out. Like I couldn't get couldn't get it, clear it out of my throat. Uh, so yeah, sorry. Another, another pro show. True, true professionals on this show, let me tell yes. you. Show number 53 of the Dave and Steve Show. Before we get to anything else, anything else at all, Steve, we got to know, did the marriage end? No. No, it, it didn't end. But it, but strange twist, the uh, the uh, contractor didn't didn't show. Okay, so give, give full context. For those who didn't listen to the last show, and before we get to that, I just want to tout this. Our... Our last show, show number 52, far and away surpassed downloads of any previous show we've done. And I'm not going to talk numbers because I know we still pale in comparison to a lot of podcasts out there, but we are gaining steam. And I'm not kidding when I say show 52 eclipsed previous shows by a wide margin. I would say wow. at least 25 to 30% more downloads than we typically get. So Steve, what happened for those two people out there who didn't happen to hear the last show? Yeah, I imagine people are tuning in because they want to find out if I'm oh, totally. available. Yeah. That's probably what it is. Yeah. yeah. I, got, I have something else about that in a second. So uh, I, I I have this problem. My, my contractor started this job like, I don't know, months ago where they were supposed to come and, and, and put pavers in for my driveway. So I have two big slots of 
of uh, gravel that are not filled with pavers that if I drive off the side of my driveway, I'll bottom out in my car. You're going to roll and completely roll over. Oh, just tip over and just keep rolling. Yeah. No, not quite like that, but it's, it's bad and it's unsightly and it's not okay. And so I had to have this, you know, you know, big talk with my contractor. That's a friend of mine. Right. And when, when you have a contractor, that's a friend, you get friend prices, but that means you get the friend timeline. Oh yeah. hundred percent. But we've paid, you know, already for all of it. And you didn't pay friend money. No, it's real that's, money. It's yeah, real it's, money. Everything real else money. is fake. Yes. But um, everything else. So and, <laughs> he's, and he's a good guy and he's busy. He's got a lot of stuff going on, but you know, too many months have gone by and I, and he was supposed to show up um, on the day after we recorded that show and get to work and start finishing it. And this has put a lot of strain on our relationship with this guy. And, and we own this piece of property together, my, my wife and I. Sure. <laughs> and, yeah. and so, but, but, you know, we can't get it done. And I have this, you know, real, I, I, I gotta, you know, talk to this guy and it's putting strain on our relationship because she wants it done. I want it done, but you know, we're, we're both, you know, upset about this whole now, thing. Is so, this the kind of thing where she, because who is, who is more of a friend to this person? Is this, oh, it sounds like it's, you are it's, yeah, it's right. Yeah. So this is of course then your fault. Well, I mean, I mean, Yes. It, it, yes. I'm yeah, saying. It, I'm it saying is. the way it's being treated, the way it's being it handled, it's be, your fault. Right? right. It should be. I'm primary contact. You know, we've tried it where he and she and I both are texting back and forth. But sometimes he'll text me back channel like, "Hey, I'm on my way. Oh, hey, I can't make it today," and sort of whatever. And then I'm expected to relay that information to the other part owner of this property, which is my wife. You know, and that doesn't. You know that that puts strain on our relationship. So I jokingly said that our our marriage would would end. But it, I mean it it it's hard. I mean we we it was it was difficult because he didn't show up on Friday, didn't show up on Saturday. I had to have I, I had to pre, have a pretty rough conversation with him this week about so getting here and getting it done. Steve, tell me what does a rough conversation with you sound like? What about, how does that go? It's about like this, where I stammer my way through things and then I <laughs> and then I and then I back down immediately. That's, that's okay. kind of how that's okay. what that's what a rough conversation with me is. A, a rough conversation with me um to the person that I'm having it with feels pretty good. Like so what they, you're they, saying they is, like yeah. So what you're saying by rough, you mean it was rough for you. It was rough for me. I yeah. did I, I mean it, it was, I mean, I, I had that crucial, it's a crucial conversation, right? Where, where you want to have the, um, the outcome be the best for, for both parties. You try to address it with empathy and all that what? shit. Why do you always talk as though you're reading from a bookstore book that you, that you picked up off the shelf on the yeah. bargain bin discounted rack? Crucial conversation. Arrive at a critical crucial conversations. And it's, and it's quite good at getting to the root of the problem. You'd read it right there. Any, hey, any fool can hey, read it is, right there. Is your, is, your drive, is your driveway paved? Not yet. Then you didn't uh, get so to the root of the problem. He's, uh, but he did, he did finally show up today to, uh, and he got to all bring the your book back. Unloaded. Uh, no, no. But 
so the deadline is is this Saturday. He's like, I I promise I'll have it done by this Saturday, and he is not off to a good start. <laughs> he was supposed so to be over a... at nine this morning. He made it over at one, and and then his stuff didn't work. So <laughs> it was not so a good a, day. This is a self imposed deadline that he that he placed on it, or yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, he, because uh, I I said you know we paid for the materials just drop the materials off we'll have it bid out to somebody else and you won't have to deal with it you won't have to deal with the you know the the problem we'll we'll take what we whatever we've paid um, you for the labor out of you know this other job that he was supposed to be doing you know and call that good so I I feel like I wanted I wanted the meatiness of did your marriage end but I just got more driveway talk but yeah but I will say this so every week I have to go through and I have to pull out the the previously on clips for the beginning of each show and I realized I owe Steve an apology because I was giving him shit last week about talking about his driveway nonstop and I had just done twenty minutes on lawnmowers and I didn't I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't That's, put that together until I was pulling those clips. So my apologies, yeah, yeah. Steve. It's amazing how the uh, previously on can help you have a, sort of a uh, an empathetic perspective. Totally. Yeah. I find that I often, when going back through those clips, it, like I'm self-reflective. On the last clip show that we did, uh, I, I did a whole segment about Angry Dave. And those Angry Daves just came out of the fact that I, I went through all the previously on clips and realized how often I... I blow my top on this and I don't know, maybe that's, maybe that's, maybe that's something I need to work on as a person. You don't know. You have no idea. You know, yeah. you're, you're picky about the content of, of the show and you have no control over the, uh, the stupid minutia that I'm going to be bringing out about, about refrigerators and, uh, and, and washing machines and driveways, but you know, making an entire brake assembly from scratch that's right is is that's that's good that's good podcast content i'm MacGyver. That, that's why that's why our numbers were up i mean yeah. somebody wanted to learn how to how to replace their their uh lawnmower exactly right by the way you haven't lived until you have watched lawnmower repair videos on youtube that let me tell you that's charisma right there those those people were meant to be stars they were <laughs> God has given them gifts get, yeah. that they, they are utilizing. The credit that they deserve, no. really. I mean, no. they're not getting anywhere near the recognition no. that they. Uh... We should we should really offer a um, a critique review of of how to videos that we find on YouTube all week long. We're gonna look up how to videos, and we need to submit the crappiest ones for the show. <laughs> So that we can pick them apart on, on the and podcast, then get, and then get them on as a guest. Just some uh, guy oh. who was like trying to help out with his phone, like how oh to my gosh. get rid of the ants in his backyard. And we're like, I, this is the crappiest video in the world. Let's get this guy in the air. I had to replace my uh, one of one of the breakers in my breaker box, and I was kind of freaked out about it because that's like that's a lot of electricity, and I'm like not, I I, I was not sure I could do it. So I watch a couple of videos. One video. I watch is very well laid out said you're going to need this tool this tool this and these all the tools except for one in the video and i'm like where was i supposed to use that um what am i supposed to do it wasn't there so i'm like i can't watch this one so i went to the next one and it's this this old electrician talking about how to do it he goes through the steps and then he says well 
you normally you'd turn off the the breaker so sure. that, um, electricity wouldn't be going but um but apparently that aggravates my wife so much because she has to reset the clock so i'm not going to do it so this is how i'm going to do it and <laughs> i'm like this is terrible yeah, i don't want that guy either yeah can, can, can we throws his wife under the bus and <laughs> can we just rewind this idea for a minute though because so last week as we heard on the on the previously on i flew off the handle because i was like i asked you guys to bring the heat and then this week the idea you've come up with that you've both worked together on in this brain trust that that we have going right now is that we find really boring videos on youtube we play the really boring videos on our podcast and then we bring the really boring person on who created the boring video and we interview them am i hearing this did i summarize this correctly yeah to be fair, we never said they were boring. We just no, said they, we said they, they were, were bad. bad. <laughs> they were bad. And then we just grill them, make fun of them, and then promote their channel and uh, thank them politely for being on our show. Bad is bad is often not boring. Bad is often the uh, often if I wanted me if I said mediocre, then I'd be like super bored with that. Like it it does it, you figure it out, whatever. Um speaking of which, I I, I have to say something about um, some, something else that's kind of kind of boring. Oh, <laughs> so good. Anyway, my, my, please, yeah, my, please continue. My marriage, my marriage is intact. Um, we're 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 getting our driveway handled. So, sorry about that. But uh, today, I was sitting across from my wife, and I was trying to get her attention. And I said, "Hey, would you mind not treating me like just a piece of eye candy?" And she, without missing a beat, said, what, like bit of honey? Oh, wow. The, like the worst candy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like not not the worst, because I, I, I think circus peanuts are probably the worst. But yeah, um, definitely. But bit of honey is right down. It's right up right there. Down yeah, the it's, it's yeah, right I up mean, there. It's, it's not good. So, um, yeah, that that's mediocre. That's that's not good content. But I, I thought I thought that was pretty that was pretty funny and very telling. So um, let's, there is one thing. Let me, let me bring this up real quick. So, uh, tonight I thought, you know what? We got a show to do. I had, so, okay. So first let me back up just a little bit. I had to, I had a lot of meetings today. I didn't have a chance. Normally in, early in the morning, I will get up and I'll work out something weights or treadmill or something. Didn't have a chance to do today. A lot of early morning meetings. So I tabled it until later in the day. I shifted my whole day forward, worked out later in the afternoon and I had to take a shower afterwards. So I take my shower and I thought, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to tease my hair up. I'm going to put this weird headband on. I'm just going to try and bring some zaniness to the other two guys on the show who see me. I log in to our service where we where we record this from. Uh, Tracy immediately starts laughing. I tell him that I went for a Mike Reno look, the lead singer from Loverboy. If you don't know who that is, go look him up and then you'll know exactly what I look like right now. Uh, but we have this lively conversation about Mike Reno. We we talked for a good 15 minutes about Mike Reno and, and Loverboy and him way, seeing Loverboy. Way, way too long. Yeah, him way, seeing Loverboy no. live, all that. Steve logs in. We've now been recording this show for about 15 minutes. Prior to that, we did about 10 to 15 minutes of some quick show prep. Has not said a word. I have never worn my hair or a headband like this in front of Steve in my life, to my knowledge. He said nothing. He said yeah. absolutely nothing. Yeah. yeah, well, it's none of my business. <laughs> I mean, 
<laughs> I mean, it's just, it's not, it's not my, none of my business. I mean, and not only that, I would like to also point out, not only did I not mention the dumb headband that Dave's wearing, right? but, but they went out of their way to pick on my polo shirt that I'm wearing today. It's like, I thought we said no polo shirts. I thought that was the first thing that we said when we started this back up, no polo shirts. And immediately they, they give me crap about like, like, this is a regular, like a regular polo shirt that I'm comfortable. To wearing. be clear, it's not just the polo shirt either. It's the fact that Laura Ingalls has buttoned her polo shirt up to the topmost button available uh, on the polo no, shirt. That is incorrect. This is the top button. It was the second button down. This is now. I look like a. Now I look like a complete dumbass. <laughs> There we go. Yeah, now. Now, now you do. Now, well, yeah. now, now, just now. Half dumbass, just full now. dumbass. Yeah. yeah. You you actually went Laura Ingalls on that. That's yeah. That's interesting. And uh, are you talking about from from <laughs> the from the TV show or the or the author of Laura? Because you know, no, no, from the TV show. You know, in the time of the settlers when they were settling the land, the the great U.S. of A. They often wore buttoned-up polo shirts. That was one of their oh. staples that they wore yeah, in, in on the wagon trains. Laura Ingalls was also a best-selling author. I, I would have taken serious offense if you would have said Carrie Ingalls because uh, that's the girl that fell down in the beginning um, as she's running down the hill, and she looks oh, stupid every right. single time. That's right, so, yeah. Yeah. The, I, I always loved Mary, even though when she was blind, but part of me thought, well, if she's blind, maybe I have a chance. We have a shot. I, but, but she operates like mostly on touch. So, I mean, you'll, you'll, have, yeah, you'll have a chance yeah, as long as you only talk to her. Yeah, there's an expiration point. On that. Yeah, there's gonna... Gr- growing up with Steve, Steve would, anytime <clears throat> Little House on the Prairie came on, Steve would shush the entire room and he would wait as though he were holding an imaginary rifle in his hand. (laughs) He'd tell everybody, shut up, shut up, shut up until everybody quieted down, no matter who was in the room. Then he would hold the imaginary rifle. He would fire a single shot just as the girl fell. And he would kill the little girl each time during the intro to Little House on the Prairie. I still do that. It's the greatest thing. If it's if, if it ever comes on, I'm like, hey Zach, knock, watch it, check this out. Like the first time, like the first time it happened, and he was really young. I I, I just held up like a like a regular finger finger just a finger gun, and bang! And then she falls. She drops right into the grass. And you don't see her for like a split second. And I looked over at my son and he was like, holy shit. Yeah. My father just killed somebody on a rerun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'd be one thing if it was live TV, right? Yeah. That, I am so story. jealous that, first of all, that you that you did that. And I didn't think of it. Uh, but the other thing is like, I can't, uh, all the people... 55 and over that are laughing yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. I love that Dave makes a big thing. He would shush the entire room. Because you did. Every time you'd say, shut up, shut up, shut up. Everybody, shut up, shut up. And then he would, yeah, he would mount his, his imaginary yeah, rifle. Long. And it'd be a rifle too. It wouldn't, it, like, it wouldn't be a finger gun. Like no, I, no. I've, I've, I've gotten to be a better shot. Um, <laughs> or you've just gotten lazy. You don't want to lift with, the other hand. With my pistol, with my, with my finger pistol. But because it used to it used to take a, a rifle shot, you used to have a scope on that imaginary rifle. That's that's how yeah. bad a shot I was. I wonder how that scene was planned when they were doing the intro. Did they like 
they're thinking like if it would be great if she would fall and then uh, she never did and then so they had somebody <laughs> they in and just stuck her leg out and tripped her laying down and in the and, grass and i can even tell you the part of the music swells da 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 boom <laughs> it's the let the bodies hit the float yeah so it's anyway steve is all amped up tonight he is <laughs> all amped <laughs> up Woo! Woo! all right here you, we go you all good right. show's over show's over, <laughs> show's over. Uh, I want to find out what Tracy did this week because we've talked a lot about me. Oh, man, it's well. The, well one to, of the things hang on, happened... hang on, just a minute. To Ooh. be clear, we have not talked a lot about Steve. Steve has talked a lot about Steve. Okay, please continue, Tracy. Oh, first shot first right one. out of the box. You like Steve? <laughs> I have. We, everybody wants to know. So I gave you the. I gave you the. I gave you two scoops. I gave you two scoops of Steve. Yeah. Well. That might have been two scoops too many. You know, um, what <laughs> happened, interestingly, I was in the yard this week, and that's not going to be the, the main part of the story, but I'm like, I'm top dressing the lawn, and that's a, just a fancy way of saying putting uh, compost and dirt I, I over I swear it. to God. I swear to God. I swear to God. This is the last show you people are going to ever hear this show. Yeah. We are done. <laughs> So the thing is, that, well, as I'm doing this, because I do this every spring, but I'm like, I was talking about this last week. And so Dave interrupts me last, excuse me, last year, last year, one full year ago, Dave says, oh, it looks like we're going to have a Tracy's lawn care minute. And then I was like, yeah, we are. We're going to have a segment called a minute. And then I just was like, turn that into like just a payback for your smart ass comment. <laughs> You know, but no, uh, weather's been great. I've been on the motorcycle a lot. And then I found out that um, one of my sister's neighbors, now, if you remember in the in the episode last week, I was talking about this great bird I was given medicine to that bit me many, many, many times. So the bird's still alive and he's doing great. But one of my neighbors, or excuse me, one of my sister's neighbors. To be clear, there were two birds last week. Now he's only yeah, talking yeah, about one bird. I, I we're down to one bird. I don't, I don't really want to get into that. But, um, uh, my sister's she's happy. She understands that when she leaves things under <laughs> bike, there, there's a cost. So anyway, the uh, one of my sister's neighbors is in a biker gang. And I, I don't want to say the name of the biker gang, but they are a I think in Washington state, they're one of two what are considered like one percent biker gang. So one percenters are the ones that are outlaw biker gangs. And so uh, he uh, when I was checking her mail, he so came like to me. Sorry, is that like Jeff Bezos and and Bill Gates are are in a motorcycle gang together? Right. Is that part of uh, one percenter? Yeah, one yeah, percent. Yeah, exactly. I, like I yeah, sorry, occupy, I, occupy uh, motorcycle gangs. But uh, <laughs> no, this uh, this there there's a in the, in the West Coast throughout the Midwest and West Coast there is a biker gang that is pretty big in in uh, Washington State and uh, her neighbor belongs to one of the, this gang and uh, I stay away from these people. So I I had ridden my motorcycle to her place. And so he was asking me about stolen packages or something on the on the landings there, if I knew anything about it. And I'm like, I don't live here. Also, I'm not in an outlaw biker gang, so don't ask me. And uh, so I check the mail, I leave, and then he follows me most of the way back to my house. Well, that's terrifying. And, 
Well, it is. It wasn't. He was. He was with another guy, and uh, so they. And so I had tried to lose him, and I. I was on the Boeing freeway coming back from Everett, so there wasn't any traffic really to speak of. So I was able to hit high speeds, and they made an obvious attempt to stay up with me. My bike was probably faster than theirs because they're on you know big cruiser bikes. But wow, still, humble brag. Were, yeah, it's a humble brag. Yeah, yeah. so. Um, so I, um, but I, I, I broke off. They didn't follow me anymore. So I asked my sister about that and she knew, she knew the guy. So she said, yeah, I talked to him. I let him know you were my brother and, um, and whatever. But what's, uh, what's interesting is that, uh, that, uh, he was, uh, just a complete jackass. And so he lives like right next to my sister and, uh, and I, kind of had to deal with that but uh, at least there's one bird still alive and that's all that's really yeah, important that's, at this point that's all that matters yeah yeah so um that was the only thing that uh i really did this week as i outran um a couple of guys in a motorcycle gang and uh finished successfully saving at least one of the two birds yeah all without getting chain whipped <clears throat> yeah yeah pretty much yeah, right. I, yeah. I would say yeah. for the most part yeah I did not. I did not get chain whipped last week. But uh, so let's just talk about the weather in Seattle just for a second. So typically Seattle, April, you're not going to hit anything. You might flirt with 70. Occasionally you'll get some kind of crazy um, temperature upswing where you'll get some abnormal. You know, we might creep into the 80s like uh, once in a blue moon every few years or whatever it is. But typically we're, you know, we're sub 70 for this time of year. Sure. Christmas time, I buy a trampoline for my kids and my daughter wants it put together at Christmas time in December. And I tell her, we're not going to do it in the rain. It's going to sit out in the rain. Let's not do that. Let's at least for our first year, let's put it together when the weather's nice. I don't mind if we leave it up after that because I don't want to take the thing back down. But let's just wait until we get nice weather. And she's like, well, what is nice weather? And I said, the first time it gets over 75 degrees, thinking by saying the first time it gets over 75 degrees, I'm, I'm late May probably in the Seattle area before I have to worry about this thing. Kids have minds like steel traps. So I tell her the first time it's over 75 degrees, we'll do this thing. Smash cut to last weekend. It's well over 75 degrees. My daughter wakes up out of bed, checks the weather app herself to see how warm it's going to get. Marches into our room and says, it's going to be over 75 degrees today. We're putting the trampoline together. Get your ass out there and put that trampoline yeah. together. So this Ooh, is a Saturday. Gross. This is a Saturday. I've got... Of course it is. I've already got a lawn that needs mowing. I've got... My son's got a lacrosse game that is going to take a couple hours and is not local. So after the lacrosse game, we finally talk her into relenting by one day. We tell her we will put it together on Sunday when we've got the full day to do it. And then it dawns on me that I'm not, I, I can't do this now. I have to mow my lawn and it's a big lawn and it's going to take me a while and I got to sweep it and I got to do all the edge trimming and all that kind of stuff that goes along with it. So Sunday morning, I say to my wife, you're going to have to put this trampoline together. I can't, I can't do this. Well, <laughs> now it is, I, to, in my wife's mind, I have a, I've skirted my responsibility. I've basically pulled a fast one on her. I have... Talked my daughter into the fact that we're going to put this trampoline together. And then at the very last second, I pulled the rug out from under her, which I kind of did because sure. it's this perfect storm of all these things coming together. We've made this promise to my daughter and then I'm not going to be able to help. So 
My entire Sunday was spent with me, not entire Sunday, but most of my Sunday was spent on a lawnmower trying to not make eye contact with my wife, trying to not look in the direction of my sweaty, hot wife who was yelling, screaming at this thing she's trying to put together because I knew that if we made eye contact, I would instantly be turned to stone. I, 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 that would be the end of days for me or she would burn a hole through the back of my head with her glare and either way I'm going to die so I you know I would occasionally have to get off and come over and help for whatever it was like for example for those of you who've never put a trampoline together guess what they got a lot of springs on them there are a ton of springs around the outside of a trampoline and you got to stretch but, them to uh, get did them. Did you have to fashion a bolt into a uh, square <laughs> thing? I'm so sorry, honey. I can't help with this. I'm going to rebuild the lawnmower today. What no. kind <clears throat> of animal hide did you use for the, for the, the so, middle so, part so, of the trampoline? So long story short, we put the trampoline together. It's fine. Everything gets put together. She does a great job. She gets it all put together. I helped with a couple of minor things, but for the most part, she did 90, 95% of the work. So now... This is one of those things. Trampolines for me, and you guys probably have some other examples of this, but I think of like rollerblades. I think of skateboarding. I think of things of that BMX biking, like on, I'm mm -hmm. talking on the dirt mounds and things. 35 and over, that time of your life has passed you by. Unless you are some rare creature like a Tony Hawk, who at the age of 50 is still doing tricks that nobody's ever done before on a skateboard. By and large, most people past the age of 35 have no business being on, guess what, a trampoline. So my daughter, of course, wants us all to get on the trampoline. So we get on the trampoline in this order. My daughter gets on. She does her jumping. My son gets on. He joins her. He does his jumping. I get on with my daughter. My son gets off. I do some jumping with her. Uh, I jump a little too close to her while she's sitting on her butt with her hands kind of down by her side. And as I do that, she she lands awkwardly and tweaks her shoulder. So now she's complaining about the shoulder pain. My daughter gets off. She is now injured. My wife gets on. I jump around with her for a little bit. Same thing. She gets freaked out because she's not used to being on a trampoline. She falls down. As she falls down, I'm being a jack wagon because I am a jack wagon and I'm jumping around right. her. And as I'm jumping around her, she scrapes her arm on the trampoline and gives herself this massive burn on her arm. And it's a it's a it's a proper burn. I mean, she burned off several layers of her skin on this on this trampoline because i was the one jumping around and she couldn't balance herself and get up so she gets off the trampoline and i continue to jump for a little while and then i feel a little pop in my front shin on my leg uh on my right leg and for several days after limped and had to put ice on it because i didn't know what i did to myself but i definitely tweaked something so in in the time span of like let's just say you know the first day of owning the trampoline three of the four family members got injured on the trampoline. So we're pretty excited about this trampoline. Mm. My daughter is now, Hey, why don't you go out and jump on the trampoline? Eh, I don't, I don't know. Well, and, and my wife does this and it makes me feel awful, but she's like, dad's not going to go out there and jump with you. Just go jump on the trampoline. He's not going to, he's not gonna, as, as, if, as, as if I'm some kind of monster who has, your father will not ruin it. Right. For you. Right. Your, father, your father's very busy doing nothing. Yeah. Yeah, he's so, not going to go out and yeah. So now we've got this trampoline that was all built up, uh, and who knows? Who knows if it's gonna get used now? But I will say this, and this is the last thing I'm gonna say about my yard or anything like that. 
we are getting it's it's on order and i'm really excited we got a 120 foot long zip line and i'm going to install it's going to be the full 120 feet of this sucker uh that's going to oh, go across my yard because you that that your property kind of goes down it slants down naturally and we got some we got enough distance we've got 120 feet between two of the trees and we're strapping that sucker up and someone's going to die this summer. That's my guarantee to both of you. Oh gosh, that sounds awesome. Could yeah. it, could uh, we come over and possibly be a candidate for dying? We're going to podcast live while we use the zip line. Oh, are you going to Are you going to zip line over the top of your house? Can you is there a way to do that? No. No, but if it adds any kind of intrigue or suspense to all of this, we are going to be uh, zip lining over what used to be the previous owner's burn patch where he would burn things and there's lots of like buried old wire and rebar and probably some glass yes. and things of that nature and the zip line yes. has to go directly over that so if I'm somebody in. falls off things are going to go bad so we've at least Ugh. got that it's it's effectively zip lining over an alligator pit is what i've set it up to be yeah except that for the alligators yes definitely yeah. that's totally it all right let's take a quick break right here on the dave and steve show we'll be back with more lawn talk after this Satisfaction. Just in time for summer, Wild Horse Pizza brings you the extra cheesy, extra saucy, extra tasty, sizzling hot meat pizza deal. <laughs> Buy either a meat lover's pizza or present a valid ID that you're over 50 and female, and Wild Horse Pizza will knock three bucks off of your purchase. And remember, whether you're a hot podcaster ordering extra cheese or a podcaster's mom craving extra meat, Wild Horse Pizza will satisfy you in 30 minutes or less, or it's free. Satisfaction. Wild Horse Pizza. <laughs> The failure of many marital bonds is a relatively frequent occurrence in modern American society. Because of this, divorce and even murdering your spouse and its effects on children and adults are among the most frequently studied topics in the family sciences. And a growing segment of literature in this area suggests that the popular image of the failing marriage is wrong. The conventional wisdom for years has been that researchers and observers of family science have thought that the breakdown of a marriage is slow and linear process that occurs in a process of several distinct stages. What researchers are discovering among contemporary couples is that there is no similar thread among failed marriages and they do not experience the same linear decline, but instead often face a milestone event, such as a contractor not finishing the concrete in your driveway as you prepare to refinance your house, which incidentally is the second most common reason for marriages to end. This has been Tracy's I Predict Steve is either missing or recording from a Holiday Inn Express this week. Minute. Hey, thanks for using the high numbers on that. Um, for, <laughs> right, uh, right. For that, for bringing bringing that old band back. In in all seriousness, and if you guys don't feel comfortable talking about this, that's fine. I'll share mine. But do you guys remember your current spouses? Do you okay. remember? Yeah, yeah, I know she's inside right now. I know right where she's at. Do you have Do you have memory of the biggest fight you've <sighs> ever had with your spouse? So I had, uh, I will, uh, let me just, I'll just share mine as far as 
we've never we've never had we've never even come close to having one of those fights where we're like this is it we're getting a divorce it's over i can't take this anymore ours is much more of like bickering and i would say in the early days in our younger days because we got married very young we, i was 20 when we got married and in those early days when you're young and you're stupid you fight about various different things I don't remember what we fought about, but I can remember I was so angry that I just got up and walked out of the house. This was our house, Stephen Kittitas, in the hometown that we're from. And I started walking because I was so livid. And she was like, where are you going? And I said, I don't know, but I'm not coming back for a while. And I took off walking. And only about 20 yards into my walk did I realize I had no socks on. I had no shoes on. And now I had laid down the ultimatum that I was walking and I was not going to be back for a while. And so, so you have some decisions to make so, at this point. So I had to walk. So I'm way out. I'm I'm I've now I've walked out of town because I'm I'm so bullheaded as such a young person. I'm just I'm just walking. I'm I'm walking. I'm going. I'm d I don't know where I'm but I'm just I'm done with this. So walking down the road and I, my feet are killing me and I there's you know think of your typical like country road. It's yes, it's paved but it's got glass on it. It's got gravel on it. It's got rocks on it. So I'm not in any way, shape or form comfortable. And lo and behold, my dad just happens to pull up, uh, you know, out driving, who knows where, uh, Hey Davey. Uh, so, uh, what's going on here? <laughs> I was like, Oh, T Tessa and I had this fight. I, you know, I walked out, I stormed out and he's like, um, you don't have shoes on. And I said, I, I don't, you know, but I'm, I'm not going back for a while. And he offered a ride and I took him up on the ride. I got in the truck and then I worked at my dad on my dad's farm. That was my first job for weeks, weeks. Anybody who came out to the farm got to hear the story about how he found his son wandering the backcountry roads with no socks, shoes on <laughs> and picked him up and put him in the truck and brought him back. So I do. I remember that one. Steve, we have talked on this show about one of the biggest fights my wife and I ever had that you got to witness where we were playing <laughs> Taboo, the board game, and she chucked the buzzer belonging to the Taboo board game at my head, and I deserved it. And let's be clear, I completely, completely deserved that one. Uh, but what about you guys? Can you remember uh, what was your, and uh, you know, years gone by now, both of you obviously are in loving marriages that are, that are lasting the test of time. Do you remember the big fights? Yeah, I think ours have always been around uh, really the most joyous moments of our lives because uh, it's a, we want to make sure that nothing is quite too happy. Sure. So generally, Christmas is a good time yeah. to really like bring the, uh, the the big heat when it comes to kind of the stress of things. I, I remember her. Uh, uh, I I had really we we our garage is not big, and and so I had I'd asked. I'd asked like her family was wanting to get my, my oldest son who was a toddler at the time, this one of those big power wheel trucks. And yeah. I, I yeah, kind of yeah. said like, we don't kind of don't have room for that. That would be like a bad choice. And so I was like, if you're going to communicate something, communicate that, you know, he should get something a lot smaller, like money. And so uh, the, so not only did that get to be his gift but um they they put it all together and so and we're we're spending 
Christmas with a family in another town. So now this has to come home with us. It's it's big. It's, it's yeah. Those power wheels are huge. Right, they're huge. So not only do I have this thing that doesn't fit in my garage, it doesn't fit in any way that I can get it home. But they not only put it together to make it impossible to get home. But they ran it around in my sister-in-law's yard and then ran it through a bunch of her pet's dog shit. And so uh, then then they said they were thinking to themselves, hey, you know what would be good is uh, let's not clean this. What we'll do is we will just uh, put like plastic grocery bags over the wheels yeah, that are yeah, covered yeah, with crap. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll figure out a way to strap it to your car. So how so, far how far from your sister-in-law's house to your house? How many miles are we talking here? So we're talking, uh, she was living in Ording at the time, so 50 miles. Okay, so I just and wanted... 50 tough miles. That's, yes. not, that's not an easy 50 miles. No, it's, it's, it's not direct. It's not like it's 50 miles down the freeway. It's 50 and over and under. I just, and I, go. I just wanted frame of reference for when you get to the part of the story where you made your wife drive the power wheel all the way back home to your house on the freeway i wanted everybody to understand how far yeah. of a distance we're talking yeah because i was telling her that basically i don't think the battery is going to last that long but one thing i do know it's not my problem right. sure and so and, <laughs> and then I as the i adapter. said to her as i yelled out the uh the window is so this thing end up ends up getting strapped to the the roof of the car coming home like and then we're bringing of course along the uh, uh the the added uh, cargo yep. of uh poop from the yard that the kids drove through and thought that was real fun and then i get to celebrate christmas night the magical you know the birth of jesus i get to celebrate this by hauling this off of the car while it's basically just soiled with dog crap sure and so I might have completely lost my crap Clark, that night. Clark Griswold and style. Just, yeah, the, it was it was just enough. And I, and I will say this for sure: I've not spent a Christmas with the entire extended family since since then. I <laughs> do, and it, and it's mostly because this: they don't need me to have a happy Christmas. And I don't need them to have a happy Christmas. And so I protect myself by from those scenarios ever again by just not involving myself right. in it. So basically, I just stay home and could just just get wild drunk. Sure. And then, uh, yeah. yeah. I know that's what Jesus you do now. Yeah. So, yeah. And so, yeah, go ahead. But you were going to ask, Dave. Well, no. So all I was going to say is your, your small garages made me think of another fight that I brought up here on the show. And then we're going to get to Steve. But... We had a really small garage in one of the the apartments that we rented. Every you know, certain apartments had a garage, a little garage door garage, but they were tiny. They were so tiny, and my wife parked her tiny little car in there because that was all that could fit was her little white Acura that she drove at the time. And again, this was many years ago, Steve. This was when we first, I think, when we first lived in the Montebello apartments, which you eventually lived in with us. But this was before you had arrived, and so we got in this big fight. She storms out of the house. This time it was her turn to storm out. She gets in her car and, and you know, of, uh, I'm in the apartment. So all I get is the, the door slam and she's gone. And again, we're in our 20s at this point, but door slam, she's gone. So, you know, I'm, of course, because I'm pissed off too. I'm like, I'm not going after her. She can drive all night for all. I, it's one of those things, like yeah. whatever I'm thinking yeah. at the time. It wasn't, it wasn't 
10 minutes later, my wife comes in holding both, not one, but both of the rear view mirrors, the side mirrors from her Acura. So what had happened was in a fit of rage, she ripped it backwards out of the garage, took her left side mirror off, was like, oh shit, and overcorrected to pull back into the garage and took her right side mirror off as she pulled back in and then came in holding both of them each in a hand and we just looked at each other and both started laughing and the fight was completely diffused at that point because of the absurdity of her holding both of her Acura mirrors in her hands. So that was that was one of the other, and I only say that because you mentioned the small garage. But Steve, how about you? Big fights? I, I'm sure you guys have never had any, but anything uh, anything medium scale? There have been, there've been a few. Have there? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So there's one that I'm forbidden from talking about sure and that's um, fine that's fine that's in uh it's that just was, us so was, there was uh not this last january but the january before uh that i'm not talking about it though it but i, I can't talk so there the, but there was there was one that i i think is 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 funny from early early on and and, and it's funny but it was like it it became a big a big one and um, probably one of the biggest, and it, and it was from uh, get, guess what? Me being a jackass, and so here's mm-hmm. here's here's how it went down. Okay, um, we were looking for places to get married, and uh, we had a few ideas. Um, it was very very difficult. Both families were you know had ideas that they wanted to do, and it was it was a kind of a it was just it was it was a lot of pressure from from both sides it was you know wendy had ideas from when she was a kid and from when i had ideas from when i was a kid one of wendy's ideas was and we were we were getting all these things like well if you want to book it you have to book it like right now and it's you have to it's a it's a year out so you have to you know be ready to book it that next morning you have to do for all these different places. Well, one place that she really wanted to get married was Point Defiance. Um, the the area in Point Defiance, not the zoo. She didn't, didn't want to get married, you know, in the walrus, um, you know, <laughs> part of the thing. Um, she wanted to get married <laughs> in like the big, beautiful garden, right? And okay. J- her, all I'm saying I is. Do want, I do uh, want to point out that is a good zoo. Yeah, it so is a good if zoo. you were going to get married at a zoo, that would be one of my top. Okay, places. hold hold tight for a second, Jack Wagons. Just so you know, this podcast reaches outside of the Seattle area. Nobody knows what the hell Point Defiance is. So explain what Point okay. Defiance is. Point Defiance is a park type area in um, Tacoma that has a very big, beautiful um, garden and also a um, a zoo and aquarium area as well. But the the big garden and event center there is where they have uh, they have a lot of weddings and where, you know, my wife had gone since she was a little girl and saw all these weddings take place. And she thought it would be nice to get married there. And she found out what it would take in order to do this. And we're talking about this in the car. She said, so in order to get the place that you want the year before. So the year before the day, what people do is they go and they um they have to wait outside of city hall and get in there um, the minute it opens and put their name down for the, for 365 days in advance. And 
in order to do that, what they typically do is they stay the night outside um, in their car. And I'm like, that's the stupidest thing. I would never do that. I would never stay the night outside for a, um, for a, you know, for a wedding venue. And it, that was my, that was my mistake. I should oh. not have said, I should not have said that because just the year before I had stayed outside overnight <laughs> for star Wars tickets and, and thought that was perfectly fine. Didn't you also to, spend the night outside with me for an Xbox once? I no, you stayed the night outside for an Xbox and I came and brought you oh, okay. pizza. Okay. Okay. I, okay. I, I came by late at okay. night and dropped stuff off, but I didn't stay out there, but I had stayed outside overnight for tickets to see Star Wars episode one. Right. Now, in my defense, nobody had seen it yet. And also we had waited a long time for another sure. Star Wars movie. Sure. And it was, it was, and uh, it was, it was quite the joyous occasion. However, you, you can't do that and then say, ah, it's stupid to stay outside for a wedding place. Was she quick because... to point this out? Did she point this out like immediately or did it take her a minute to sort of remember that she was she like yeah you're right it is i guess that's we're not it's impractical and then it registered or was it immediate it was immediate okay like it was oh, it was wow. immediate and we were on the freeway and we were driving at freeway speeds at night and it, it, i i had and and i had to <laughs> and yet i, I still some... and yet i still rolled down the window unbuckled and crawled out <laughs> <laughs> Still, I should have jumped out. Um, it was a difficult conversation because I, I had been a complete jackass. Yeah. And there's no, there's no recovering so from let, that. So let me ask you: Did you, did you make any attempt to defend your position? Uh, like of that, that initial. Of course I did. Uh, okay. <laughs> and of course, of course I did. So I did like how many angles at this, at this argument? Oh, just about a million. I will. I, so the, <laughs> what happens is I will be wrong and then I will immediately double down. I, I will be dealt. Um, I will be dealt um, two threes against a face card, um, you know, being held by, by the dealer, and I will say, split those threes and double down on them. I right. want, I want the chance to have two thirteens. Is what I want against a twenty. That's, and that is exactly what I. And I do that every time. Like I'm wrong, and then I'm called out on it. And instead of saying, you know what, you're right, I'm sorry about that. I say, nope. I'm telling you. I did, and and that is that is a huge flaw that I have that I have to work on. <laughs> well, this explains All his reaction to the polo shirt fiasco from earlier yeah, in the show. Really? Yeah, because no, still... now damn it, that was that was right. <laughs> I was right on that. I'm doubling down on it too. Yeah, but it, uh, <laughs> it did parlay into a really really uh, energetic uh, Laura Ingalls uh, discussion. Yeah, that's that, true. Uh, it's very true. Not usually <laughs> very common yeah. on podcasts so, of this nature. So so that fight um transfer like like that went a while so we were living with with uh with dave and and, and tessa and um so that fight started um you know on i5 just above um south center sure so right yeah. there at the beginning of tuckwilla um in between those exits just before you get on 405 that was where i made the fatal flaw yeah. mistake yep 
and it continued all the way um, through the S curves up to Newcastle. It, we 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 um, we continued the conversation where I defended an undefensible um, position uh, again and again, um, and then up into uh, the bedroom where we tried not to wake up Dave and Tessa with our um, with our very important conversation. So can I can right. I um, yeah I have to come clean on something. I re- <laughs> I remember that night vividly. <laughs> Because I was, if you remember right, in the house that we shared, there was an upstairs and your bedroom was upstairs. Mm -hmm. Directly across from your bedroom was the office where I Mm -hmm. had my computer and things like that. I was a night owl. So I was up when you arrived. I heard the fight taking place on the patio down below through the open office window. Sure. Sure. I then heard it continue up the stairs into the bedroom, at which point I quietly shut the lights off and stealthily opened the door and snuck downstairs so that I could get away and not take any of the splash damage from one of Steve's limbs being blown off of his body and hitting me in the face by some strange... So I, by I, attempting to defend an indefensible position com- with, utter, <laughs> with, with complete and utter bullshit. Yeah. Just complete and utter bullshit. Yeah. So I do, I actually do very much remember that night. Yeah. yeah because it was a very memorable fight. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that, that, and that was, that was rough. We ended up um, making the best decision um, and just getting married in Hawaii, which was way better than any, any wedding we could have yeah. had at some stupid zoo. Yeah, it was awesome to have to spend several thousand dollars to be in your wedding. I really appreciated. You that. had a great time uh, uh, ordering chichis. Yeah, I sure did. I love me a chichi. Uh, I, I will say this: uh, that uh, the day after I was married, we went to Point Defiance Zoo, and it wasn't like our whole honeymoon, but you know, it was the best part of it. <laughs> yeah, but it was half of it. <laughs> yeah, it was, Tra- it was Tracy. Best. To go back to what you said, and then we'll 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 move to headlines. But to get mm-hmm. to go back to what you said just for a minute, and Steve, I don't know if you're this way as well. I am right there with you when it comes to if we're if we have family coming over or if we're going to visit family around the holidays, especially we will fight more times than we will not fight around. I don't know if it's the stress of the holidays, if it's the anxiety of either we're going to have to do a bunch of traveling or we're going to have a bunch of people coming this way. But during the most joyous times, we and we both said this, we both admit it, we pick at each other. And we're not, there's some like, it's what you said, like we're, we just can't be happy with it being this amazing time of year and loved ones coming over and all that. We still have to, we have to find a way to sort of soil that any way we can. I, I, I've often thought that there are some sort of like unwritten concessions that end up being made that pick at us and we don't know what yeah, they are yeah. until it's over. And so like, cause when every other day of the year we live in with sort of these unwritten expectations that we for the most part reach with each other especially if you're in a relationship with somebody for a long time but then when the holidays comes over loyalties change and so holidays with totally with family thing there's expectations that seem out of the ordinary your concessions are being made that would normally never be made and you can't understand why or and and so this brings instant tension to a situation because there are there's deep dark magic being invoked here uh, <laughs> uh, with regard to like you know just p- 
power dynamics in a family that existed far before you even met that's right. your wife. That's right. And so those were those were established, and so they become uh, annoyances, and uh, and then uh, Jesus's birthday gets ruined, and that's that's what happens <laughs> yep. every year. Somebody yes. ruins Jesus's birthday. Yep. Yes, every year. Enough. Yeah. All right, let's get off of this. Enough about fighting. But hey, if you're a married couple out there or you're a new couple dating or whatever it is, just know, like, if the three of us even fight with our spouses, anybody will fight because we're about as perfect as you can possibly be. And if we still find a way to fight, it's going to happen. Uh, Let's find out what Tracy has in the headlines. And now, straight from the Dave and Steve Show news desk in beautiful Anytown, USA Plaza. It's Tracy Green with this week's headlines. Oh, yeah! With the end of COVID-19 finally in sight, employers are probably counting the days until their offices reopen. However, a new survey finds they shouldn't expect their workers to come flowing through the doors even after the pandemic. In fact, 58% of remote workers now say they would look for a new job rather than uh being unable to work from home yeah it's already started to happen i mean it is uh the so at the company that i work for we work with a lot of smaller companies um and we've had people not directly at at my company but at the sub companies who have left because their companies have already instated a policy saying come whatever september we're back we expect you to be back in the office everybody in the state should be vaccinated by then therefore we expect you to return and we've already had people leave those companies to go work for companies that will allow for remote work. So it's, I mean, we're, we're feeling the effects of it already. Steve, I don't know about you where you work, but we absolutely are. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I mean, the, my, it, this has changed a lot of things and, and we don't know what people's comfort levels are going to be. I mean, there's going to be lawsuits about people. It's like, hey, I just proved that I can do my job um, at, from home. And I don't, I don't believe that it's safe to come right. into work sure. and stuff sure. like that. And, and you're not going to be able, you can't defend that yep. because you, you already admitted that they were able to do their job from there. So that's going to be hard. Um, I, I still like we, we talked about on the show a couple of shows ago. Um, I'm still like, yeah, I'd like to go in on occasion. I'd like to do that. But I mean, we kind of showed that we don't, need to do that and yeah. yeah and the only the only way that we do the only thing that that does make me so for people listening who don't know i work for an incredibly large company i work for microsoft when it comes to microsoft specifically and people not going back there are serious implications to that let's say for example the the campus that i'm a part of if people stop coming to work and they only work from home the businesses around that area that do food, that do mail letters, that do all that. Yep. Think of all those things where you, when you have to run out at lunch, gyms, whatever it is, when you have to run out at lunch and you take several thousand people away from those. Now you have several thousand people who aren't running out for lunch anymore. You have a, you affect a lot of businesses. And so there's that yep. side of it as well, where it's not just about you and whether or not you're going back in. It's affecting. And I, I'm not saying... I, I've made it clear on this show. I, I don't want to go back to work either. I, that's my preference is I prefer to work from home forever. But at the same time, like I also think about those types of big knock on effects. It's effectively, I mean, it's the same thing as a sports team going away. 
all the businesses that fed off of that sports team and game day and all the things that happen around that, if that's suddenly gone, we've seen it before. Here in Seattle, we've seen it where those businesses die because they don't have that anymore. So there is, and they don't, and they don't come back. And right. I was right. just the, the the Sounders just opened up. They yeah, twenty five percent capacity. I went to that game. Nothing is open around Correct. the stadium. Correct. That's all gone, and it's gone forever. Yep. And uh, there there isn't there isn't any way back. That's gonna all that property is gonna have to be repurposed somehow, depending on what that looks like in the future. So all the cottage industries that come around just around these large blocks of areas where people are employed. If everyone's working from home, they don't go away. But I will tell you this, that the, the ice cream man that came into my uh, neighborhood, uh, business is booming. Oh, I bet. So I just want to, it's just really hard to shove ice ice cream into your face with a mask on. Uh, yes, it's uh, well, it's wonderful. Uh, the Flex Job survey of over 2,100 people worldwide who either worked remotely during COVID or are still working from home reveals that the growing popularity of never setting foot in an office again, June, just 11% said that they uh, not being allowed to work at home anymore wouldn't bother them. Only 11%. Hmm. I, I don't, I, even the 11% kind of perplexes me. I guess it depends on what your job is maybe but i just think about like what is the if you sort of build out that pluses and minuses list that you do when you're at a hard decision and you run through all the i don't have to pay for gas anymore i put less mileage on my car i don't have to do a commute i don't have to go into the office i get to see my loved ones more often i get to eat lunch with my loved ones if they're home i get like when you do that list because i've mentally done that list and then i compare that to the very short list of positives of I get to see the people that I work with who I actually genuinely like. I get to have work banter with those people. That's kind of where it stops. Like aside from seeing those people and the relationships that I've formed with those people that I work with, I don't have a big other reason to be at the office. Yeah. I mean now, but uh, I, I met my current wife at, uh, at where I worked. So, uh, but that's what I mean. Aside from the human-to-human relationship side of things and the interaction you get there, there's not much other. There's not a. There's not a a positive need to be at work if you can do that job at home. Yeah, but I'd have to hit some dating sites or something if I ever decided yeah. to do this again. Yeah. I don't want that. You were gonna say, Steve? No, I was just. I was just gonna say I did like getting into the city. Um, because I was right in down the middle of downtown Seattle, right across from the um, uh, right across the street from a place to get on the light rail. And at lunch, I could take the light rail all the way to the end, and I could hit a music store in like far north Seattle, you know, Fremont area, fairly easily, and then get back in time, you know, for the end of my lunch shift. Or I could go up to Capitol Hill and um, shop up there or hit a cool restaurant that I normally would never get to just because I'm, I'm, I'm on public transportation. I could get uh, to wherever I could get to a baseball game really easily during the day uh, from my office. Or so, so were you talking about going to American music? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, my, I, get up my... there. I, I drive my own car there. Yeah, I I have I've also driven my own car there. On all, all I know but, is if you're Steve's boss and you're listening to this, check up on what Steve does in an average day because all I'm hearing is he goes to restaurants, he goes to music stores, and he occasionally catches a baseball game. 
during a work day. So <laughs> occasionally, just, occasionally just hop on a baseball game. Yeah, occasionally we'll go. The, the, the only baseball game I went to uh, at my current job was with my current job, with, with, with my current employees. So we, we all went yeah, together. But Very awkward um, backpedaling. There. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. I don't want to double down on that. Um, but I could. Like, there's a lot of good food to, um, to be had in um, – and at Christmas time, um, during lunch hour, you, you could hit Westlake and and all that stuff, which was kind of nice, you know, because it's a it's you get different stores, you get different opportunities to, um, uh, you know, to shop and purchase and and on the you know, uh, it's mostly about lunch. Really. I, listen, I'm 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 with you. Like I mean, and yeah. that but that's what I mean. Like if you if you look at that that sort of list of pros for going into work every day into. And again, I know it all depends on the type of job you do. If if you're, for example, a farmer, you don't have a choice. There is no office to go to. You got to get in the tractor. You can't do the tractor from home. So I understand we're talking about a, a relatively privileged lifestyle of office work and a climate controlled office and all that. My point is for what we do, and I say we, meaning the three of us here on this podcast, uh, my list that I think would be pretty comparable to your list is a very short positive for going into the office and a very long positive list for working from home for me personally. No doubt. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I can say that I, I used to travel and I know you did too, Dave and Tracy, I'm sure you traveled as well for, for work. Um, I did enjoy doing that. like going to different cities, like getting to go to Washington DC for a conference. And then at night, hitting all the, you know, monuments and, and things like that, being able to do some sightseeing, um, going to different cities that you'd never been to and stuff like that. I, I really enjoyed doing that, which is, it's, it's an atypical, you know, type of working, but it, it's not working from home. But that specifically, that specifically is nothing like you can work from home and still, when you need to get on a plane and travel somewhere, you can still do that. That's that. Right. I fully intend to when we go back to work and we work in a for us, it will be some kind of hybrid model, whether that's a day in the office or two days in the office and the rest from home. There will be some kind of split like that. We're still going to be traveling. There's no question about that. We'll still do that side of it. I mean, the physical task of getting in a car and driving into an office every day and sitting at your office desk and doing your office work and getting done and driving back home again. That's what I'm one of the to. One of the great depressing ironies of taking care of my sister's bird is I actually drove by my work. So I went by it twice a day and I felt <sighs> terrible even yeah. seeing the building. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah anyway. Uh, but so anyway, if anybody I work with is listening to it, I, I miss you all. All right, and Definitely. that's the news. Yes. No, I think we're still on story. It's not unusual for rocks or other debris to crash through a windshield and injure a driver or a passenger, but a turtle? 71-year-old woman riding with her daughter on Florida's Interstate 95 suffered a gashed forehead. Dave? What city in what city in Florida? I don't. I. I don't know. I'm gonna go. Uh, what'd you pick last time that you were spot on? About? I. I picked Pensacola. Okay, I'm gonna yeah. go Tallahassee. Oh shit! I, I wanted to go Tallahassee. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go. Um. Uh. uh, uh, uh I'm gonna go. Uh. Saint Petersburg. Go ahead. Oh, she's gonna do the, the Bay Area now. So this will be a uh, Daytona Beach. Oh. oh. Yeah. I want a turtle smash through the windshield. 
of their car. And uh, so the daughter pulled over and got some uh, help from another motorist, according to 911 recording. Both were surprised what they found. There's a turtle in there, the man could be heard saying. A turtle, the daughter ex- exclaimed. An actual turtle? Gash no, I mean, I have a turd. Blood. Yeah. <laughs> but the woman was not seriously hurt. The turtle was likely crossing the interstate and got knocked into the air by another vehicle. I swear Ooh. to God, this lady has the worst luck of anyone, the daughter said, tell, telling the 911 operator as she tended to her uh, injured mother while simultaneously insulting her, apparently. The, uh, the, dog, the turtle, <laughs> on the other hand, had the best luck of anything. Just a few scratches on its shell, and then it was released back into a nearby woods where it would be later turned into guitar picks. So... Who so was it a red turtle shell or a green one? Because the red ones are heat seeking. Uh, I'll uh, I'll do a, a, an update for next week on that part of the story. Uh, okay, because the green ones you got to be a pretty good shot, or the person in front of you just has to drop it behind him. <laughs> Our third story: an upstate New York couple may have finally solved the mystery. Who's been tossing used coffee cups into their yard for nearly? Three years, Edward and Cheryl Patton told the Buffalo News they tried mounting a camera in a tree in front of their home in Lakeview to catch the phantom litterer. But it wasn't until some neighbors got involved recently and followed a minivan and jotted down the license plate number that there was a break in this case. They should have been called. They should have had the police called on them for lewd and lascivious acts of mounting a camera in a tree. That's do that do that in your bedroom if you're gonna mount yeah. anything. Yeah, people that are into cameras, camera yeah. camera humping yep. is not a that's, it's not okay. Go ahead, no. Tracy. Yeah, I've said that for years actually. I've been a really activist in that. But anyway, after Edward Patton called police, they waited and pulled over a vehicle driven by a seventy six year old man named Larry Pope. Cheryl Patton said it once worked with her and had disagreements with her <laughs> over union issues. Pope was charged with harassment and ticketed for throwing refuse onto a roadway. Classic Larry. I mean, this yeah. is this is this is boilerplate Larry right here. This is so Larry. Uh, it's so. I've said this before. So, and I I don't know if I've said it on the show. It doesn't matter. I'm going to say it again. In my in the first house that we owned in Monroe, which we moved the town we moved into, uh, when we moved into that house, when we bought that house, on one side of us we had a very nice older couple. When I say older, probably in their sixties, and on the other side of us we had a family, really nice family, husband and wife, and their few kids that they had. Within a matter of months of us purchasing this home, the retired couple moved. They moved out, moved down to Arizona or something like that, and in their place we got people who built stock cars, race cars in their driveway and then revved them at all hours of the day as loud as humanly possible. And on the other side of us, that family got a divorce. Uh, the husband and wife, the, the dad became a heavy drinker. Uh, for some reason, he was given custody of the children. So the kids just went wild, including the one teenage boy who was probably 16, 17 years old, went crazy 
they started throwing things into our yard. At one point, we caught one of the kids standing on the roof of their house and trying to piss onto the roof of our house, even though we'd never done anything. We'd never said anything to them, nothing now, like that. Your just... house wasn't, like, really close. So it, was, it was close enough on the one side to where, the, I mean, we, we didn't have, I'd say there was probably a two-foot gap between my my house and the fence, and then another two-foot gap between the fence yeah, and his at house. at my age, I'd never hit that. So, anyway, so, <laughs> so the only reason I bring this up is what, what made us move was not a coffee cup, but it was one morning I was drinking coffee. It was a beautiful summer morning, nice and crisp, and I'm drinking coffee standing in front of the big, large window that we had in our front room. And uh, my wife came out from the bedroom and she said, because uh, I had a puzzled look on my face, she said, what are you looking at? And I said, there's a, there's a used plunger in our yard, a toilet plunger, and we're moving. And we did. We, 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 we moved not long after that because someone had thrown. And when I say very used, you, you let your mind's eye wander on that one. Yes. A very obviously used plunger into our yard. And that's why we moved. So it wasn't a coffee cup, but I was drinking coffee when I saw this. Therefore, I guess they're kind of connected. Please continue, Tracy. Uh, I don't have anything to say on that. Uh, yeah. Four story police in Sri Lanka on Thursday arrested the reigning Mrs. World for pulling the crown off the head of the winner of a Mrs. Sri Lanka beauty pageant and allegedly causing injuries. She was later released on bail. Caroline Jury, who won the Mrs. World 2020 competition, was accused of hurting uh, Pushpika De Silva, who won the Mrs. Sri Lanka title at a televised pageant held in Colombo on Sunday. Moments after De Silva won the title, Jury, who is also a Sri Lankan, came on stage and snatched the crown from her, saying that she was ineligible because she was divorced. Jury uh, then gave the crown to the first runner-up, declaring that she was the winner. Well, I, you know, I don't think that she has the right to do that. What a weird, I don't know, Pageants are one of those things that, save for maybe Sri Lanka and the Deep South, I feel like pageants have already died. Like, they're not really a thing anymore. But what a weird set of rules of, in order, you can't be divorced and win this pageant based but on the, your this looks. One is, this one is the Mrs. World. So this is, this is somebody who is married. To the world. Uh, well, the, or... Maybe no. married to the world. No. I'm not exactly no. sure on the rules on married, that. Married to, not to the world. Oh. Yes, she's married to Venus. <laughs> That's not okay. <laughs> she's got to be married to this world, not some other world. Yeah. I, I can I can honestly say, I don't know who, think of your typical beauty pageant. I yes. don't know the audience for the typical beauty pageant because as a, as a heterosexual male... There, that should have been in my wheelhouse at some point. You've got girls in, in cocktail dresses or bathing suits. I'm talking the ones in the 80s that were very sexist and, again, have gone away and should have gone away. But I'm saying, I don't. if it's not me that those are targeted at, who are they targeted at? Who watches the, the a... The parents of the contestants. Right, and exactly. And the families of the contestants and, um, and a handful of perverts that haven't well, been... 
forced to I, register yet. I would I would say this. Looking I growing up in the Pacific Northwest, like we have a certain culture here that is just very uh, it's it's very different than the rest of the country, not not in a better way, but like we don't commit to a lot of these kinds of things, these sort of deep cultural things. And so I used to think that I everything that I I thought I knew about um, beauty pageants until I've known some people who live in the Northwest who have been in them. And it turns out that I actually don't know anything about them. And so we have memories of Miss Hawaiian Tropic and uh, the Miss USA and some of the trashier uh, pageants. Pageants have transitioned more into the ability to like uh, add confidence and composure, and they're not less about evening gowns and uh, and uh, swimsuit type things. And it's about uh, public speaking, composure, and a lot of other aspects that don't have anything to do with the things that we grew up at. And those those do, but I mean, they're they're like they're about giving college scholarships and a lot of things. So like on the surface, it's really easy to sit in like the Seattle area and kind of cast judgment on this but there's i've come to learn that it is a lot more uh diverse and it isn't that different than a lot of other programs you put children in to gain confidence and composure and uh learn uh skills to be able to do things and compete and it just it really isn't all that different uh, but something still seems a little sketchy about Mrs. World. Uh, listen, yeah. all I know is I still haven't quite gotten over the fact that you threw a lot of shade on the Hawaiian Tropic pageant, and I'm not... Oh, no, no, I I loved it. I loved it, and I remember saying one time that the uh, the drummer for Dokken would have been a better contestant than many of them that were in it <laughs> at the time. I remember saying that, and I don't know if that was really true, but <laughs> I, I wanted it to be true. Steve, I feel like we need some type of sensitivity training alarm button we can press that goes off when Tracy starts to talk around <laughs> some of these issues beauty. that we can we can just hit and. You know, he, um, Tracy's not wrong about the um, about like the service aspect. And, oh, he's and very wrong. No, I don't. I got nothing. <laughs> I have I have no pony in the race. I just wanted to get fired up. My my friend has a kid that um, was that was Miss America, uh, Miss Teen America. So it's the, the Miss America beauty pageant and his daughter was Miss Teen America. I think we can so, do that math. I think, I don't yeah. think you needed to break that so, down. Not this one, <laughs> but the one directly, but it's still a huge deal. Sure. So she ended up flying around the country, you know, doing interviews and talking to people and, and she got a, decent scholarship i think so what so, from what uh, i'm hearing i'm the ask, only i'm the only one on the show that is anti-pageant i get it oh no i i i'm not i'm not a big fan of them i think they're i i i think they i think they don't do as much good as they do you know negative is whatever but you know who am i i'm a middle-aged white man talking about somebody else's business so yeah i don't uh i uh all i'm saying is i i used to have uh I used to have an opinion that was, I used to, as a teenager, I was very uh, pro pageant. And then as I, like, uh, you know, joined civilization, <laughs> I, I saw that uh, it wasn't, it wasn't as good, but now I I've seen the positive ends of it. So all I'm really trying to say is I don't know, but being a part. Uh, so De Silva did say she denied being divorced. She said, being a part is one thing, but divorced is something else. I am still an undivorced woman. She's still 
uh, says to this day. So, um, wouldn't, that, anyway. wouldn't that be married? I, I don't like, know. Who the, says uh, undivorced? I, I don't. I, I, she says she's undivorced. Who am I to argue okay. with somebody who is a, a contestant for Mrs. Um, was it World? Mrs. World? Hawaiian Tropic. She, yeah, Miss, Mrs. Hawaiian Tropic. Sri Lanka. So, anyway. I, I always wanted, for the talent competition, I always wanted one of them to come out and sit down at a typewriter and their talent to be novelist. Like they just sit down and they start to write yeah. a novel and they, they take out a paper and they, they give it to the judges and they read it and then they eat up all the other contestants' time. Yeah. yeah. And so nobody else gets to compete. <laughs> Or like barrel racer and somebody just, there's a barrel out on stage and a lady on a horse just rips out. <laughs> and the horse just eats shit on the slick stage <laughs> <Just> floor. <laughs> slides off the yeah. side. Yeah. yeah. I, so, I definitely, if they can do the novel in a, uh, in an evening, evening gown, I am all on top of that. Cause that's, uh, that's actually how I wrote my book with, from on the yard off the grid, which is available on Amazon right now. Always, in in always in plug in. Gown. Always plug in. Tracy, you got any more stories in the headlines for us? Nope, that's the news, fellas. All right. Hey, uh, we've run long. We're going to wrap Sur things up. Surprise. I got I got a big weekend. I'm pretty excited about this weekend. I'm going to go. Uh, we're going to grab another hotel, uh, get away from it all, and go chill out and relax in the ghost town that was once Seattle. We're going to see if things have picked up at all, if, if uh, the vaccines have started to get a few more people out on the streets or not. I don't know. Uh, are, but, you, uh, are you taking uh, forks and knives with you this time? We are. We're bringing forks and knives, and we're also bringing a wine opener because those were the three of uh, three. Well, I guess forks and <laughs> knives. I just bucketed that into utensils and then did bad one math book, there. One knife yeah. and one bottle. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we are. We're bringing all that stuff with us this time. So I'll report back to you guys and let you know if, if uh, Seattle's picked up at all. Until <laughs> the next time we speak, Tracy. Anything else from you? I sure don't. Steve, how about you? No, no, I, I, I think I think there's a lot of hope for the future. I do, I do as well. <laughs> I can't wait to start eating meat again. <laughs> well, there's a drop. All right, for Tracy, for Steve, for me, Dave, we'll talk to you next time right here on the Dave and Steve Show.